So there's a group of attorneys general who are pushing back on the stimulus bill, and they've got a point. Senator Mike Braun, he's out of Indiana. My senator. Eh, I'm half a fan. I'm half not a fan. I think he's a one-term senator. That's my take. But he was discussing how, he was discussing with Fox Business that they were reading the bill, and what they found is that when you've got the $350 billion in federal relief that's going to 50 states, right? $1.9 trillion worth, $350 billion is going to the states. This is a bailout. You understand that. We're bailing out states, and that should never, ever happen. Illinois has to deal with their failures, with their pension liabilities. California has to deal with their failures and running everybody out of the state. I'm not interested in paying it. What he, he claims is that you can't use the money if you lower taxes in that state. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, is this the idea of the federal government saying you're not allowed to lower taxes? Well, these uh, uh, attorneys general, so they, they wrote to the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, they said, go over with this with us again. You telling me that we can't utilize this as we see fit? It's a provision that, as, as written here, would prevent states from using its funds to offset tax cuts. Their argument is this is unclear. We need to get some clarity here because this may be wholly and completely unacceptable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Now, this may not be true of states run by uh, Democrats, but very often in states run by Republicans, tax cuts happen. Tax cuts are good. Now, before we get any, any, any further, let's be clear. Tax cuts are good. Tax cuts matter. Tax cuts allow the people to keep what is rightfully theirs. If I ever ran for office, I, I think the only thing I would say is a, as, as a pledge, right? I will never sign a pledge. I am clear about that, right? I take oaths and that's it. I don't sign pledges. I'm not getting interested in the in the in the pageantry of anything or or the shock value of anything or the you know look 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 let me uh placate you with with signing this pledge blah 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 blah. I don't do tax increases. Our problem is not taking taxes. Our problem is a spending problem, so I don't raise taxes. I cut spending. I cut spending like it's my job. Well, because it is. And, I, and I'd say that on the campaign trail. Oh, I'd be using that line everywhere, Producer Ari. I'm going to cut taxes like it's my job. I'm going to cut spending like it's my job because it is. And then people are going to go, yeah, cats, woohoo. Next thing you know, I'm going to win with 94.7% of the vote. That's how it's going to go down. But these attorneys general are right to be looking at this. Absolutely. It's Alabama and Arizona, Arkansas and Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, of course, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, what's up? Oklahoma, South Carolina and South Dakota, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Now, they've introduced a bill uh, in the Senate to eliminate the provision. They are right. 
hey, we'll give you back your money, little states, but do our bidding. Oh, that's... Yeah, we should fight that. We should fight that aggressively, and I'm, and I'm very glad uh, that they are. I'm very glad to see that Kevin McCarthy has filed a resolution to kick Eric Swalwell off the Intel Committee. Now, people think that this is, you're just being silly, or this is much ado about nothing. No, this is much ado about a great number of things. If Eric Swalwell was a Republican, you would not hear about anything else but this. He has ties to a Chinese spy. Went by Christine Fang, also went by Fang Fang. It, 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 until you do an investigation and find out what happened, what the connections were, was there anything sexual involved? And don't tell me you don't do this stuff. Don't I have Sheldon Whitehouse, the Democratic senator from Rhode Island, claiming that the FBI never really did an investigation of Brett Kavanaugh? Isn't that what he's claiming, Producer Ari? I believe he alluded to that, yes. Okay, well, when you say alluded, you mean he's claiming that? Well, I, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. These people look into it all. Remember, it was, it was Brett Kavanaugh who was putting together the, 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 like the, the super parties where, where he was getting chicks loaded, and then, you know, he was just, uh, oh, he was having all sorts of liberties with uh, the ladies, even though uh, Christine Blasey Ford couldn't remember the party, couldn't remember who was there. The people who she says was there said they weren't there and said there was no party. I'm supposed to believe her and and Brett and Brett Kavanaugh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, is some kind of horrific, awful deviant when he was a teenager, et cetera, et cetera. Now Sheldon Whitehouse is saying there was no actual investigation. You enjoy that. That's gotten more press than a guy who absolutely had a connection to a Chinese spy. There are photographs. Why is he still on the Intel Committee? Why? That question is not out of, of, of the realm. That question is remarkably valuable. It's a two-page resolution that says that Swalwell, quote, has not denied public reporting that a Chinese, suspected Chinese intelligence operative helped raise money for Representative Swalwell's political campaigns and, quote, other troublesome elements of public reporting. This is an interesting story of bias because this story was first revealed by Axios. And you could make the argument, well, if they're revealing the story, that's not a question of bias. The bias comes into why isn't the story being discussed? Why aren't we engaged fully and completely in what's happened here? This matters. And I want to say for the record, I I think Eric Swalwell is gross. Listening to that man talk, listening to his, his hate, listening to his manipulation, this low-rent guy as I see it. But he's innocent until proven guilty. And the answer is an investigation. And at least temporarily staying off the intel committee till we know. The allegation here isn't meritless. Meritless was former Senator Harry Reid saying that Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes in the well of the Senate. And then when asked about it, he said, don't ask me, ask Mitt Romney. There should never be forgiveness for Harry Reid. Anything to win an election, right? Mitt Romney was running against Barack Obama. Harry Reid was asked about it years later, and he said, we won, didn't we? At the ends justify the means. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you destroy. Just go at it. 
that's Harry Reid. That's his legacy. Let, 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 let America never think of him as a good and decent guy. Eric Swalwell is innocent until proven guilty. I believe this. But we have actual data here that shows he had the connections. You do the investigation. That, that you won't. That, that, that Speaker Pelosi is still okay with this. Tells you so much about how twisted she is, this political party is. This shouldn't happen in a rational society, nor should what's happening at the border happen at a rational society, in a rational society, but it's not. It's Joe Biden society. The Biden administration has created a crisis at the border. They are overrun. There are too many children and it is not stopping. They have no plan and no policy, and I would argue that the answer is shut it all down. Until you have a policy... You must shut it all down. You don't have an option. When I say shut it all down, I'm not talking about illegal immigration. I'm talking about all of it. We don't have a policy. We are getting overrun with children. Just start sending everybody back out. out, No one's allowed into the country. Done. And if you say to me, well, Tony, now you have a worse humanitarian crisis. No, you don't. The worst humanitarian crisis is when you say, all right, we'll let all these people in and then that'll be it. Because now you don't know who you've let in. We already know we're letting people in who have got uh, uh, COVID. We've had had the buses with 108 people that were dispersed and these people had coronavirus. Who knows what they spread? And we also don't know what else they may have, which is the importance of knowing who's in the country. Unaccompanied children are children who are abused on the way to the border. In every single way. No one's even denying the abuse. Are you claiming that people from Central American countries are abusers? Not all of them, but there are some. I'm saying this clearly. You can quote me. Just like there are abusers right here in the United States. You can quote me. You know, you ever go to Japan? There are some abusers there. Russia, some abusers there. Kenya, some abusers there. Australia, some abusers there. There are two sides to the bell curve. Statistics will show you will have some abusers. And the people most willing to break the law will break the law on a whole series of things. I'll let other people, you know, get into the data there. The border is a failure. And Joe Biden, they don't seem to care. They don't seem worried at all. And the question was, why isn't the president visiting the border? This was a question to the press secretary. The president said yesterday he does not have plans to visit the border. Why not? Because his focus is on uh, action and taking actions and moving forward policies to ensure we are expediting uh, the processing at the border, that we are open. Can we just stop? He's too busy focusing on action and taking action. Well, I'm sold. I am sold. As you can see, his focus on policy is, is, is going swimmingly. But if indeed that's his focus, you don't allow anybody in. You don't allow anybody even to stay. You don't even hold them. You just push them back and say goodbye. Tony, you are cold. No. I am infuriated. With a failure of an administration, with a press secretary who lies to the public every single day with these answers. If you can't admit that it's a crisis that you created, you're lying. 
We all know you're lying, and we're sick and tired. Oh, she is as condescending. Condescending as all get out. I mean, this answer right here. And moving forward policies to ensure we are expediting uh, the processing at the border, that we are opening more facilities, that we are putting in place policies that will move kids more quickly through the Border Patrol facilities, more quickly into safe and secure homes. And that's where his focus is. So he doesn't want to get a first-hand look down there himself and talk to officials there. How is he getting up? He talks to plenty of officials, and he also has received a briefing with photos with uh, and direct Directly from his team who went and visited the border and went to arrange now we would get information if we were allowed to talk to uh, those who are working the border but that has been ended those people who work the border are not allowed to talk to the media it's a gag order from the president of the United States but it's not official it's done with a wink and a nod you know what I mean and a say no more and all that jazz this is obscene what we are watching and witnessing He isn't taking any action. The actions he has taken has led us to this moment. And people who buy in to ideology and not rationality have bought in. And the next thing you know, we're in this spot. And they just simply can't admit that this is a disaster on every level. Every single level. You know, but at least it's not like uh, Elizabeth Warren saying that the filibuster is racist. Oh, oh, wait, she said the filibuster is racist? Oh, it's going to be a long day. I'll get to that story next. I'm Tony Katz. We've reached full levels of insane when it comes to the filibuster. Yeah, Senator Dick Durbin saying we have to get rid of, of the filibuster, and now Elizabeth Warren calls the filibuster racist. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Just click on podcast and subscribe. The filibuster has deep roots in racism, and it should not be permitted to serve that function or to create a veto for the minority. In a democracy, it's majority rules. And that right there is why Elizabeth Warren should not be trusted with anything, because we're a republic, not a democracy. You lunatic. Now, she could argue that in the House of Representatives or in the Senate, it's, it's actually, it's the only true democracy, right? One person, one vote, and as opposed to an electoral college or anything else. But she is totally fine with the minority getting hurt. Well, only, only when it's Republican. She's not in favor of any other minority getting hurt, but she's okay with Republicans getting hurt. Uh, you, you know what? She she's gonna have to she's gonna have to figure that out for herself. She's gonna have to figure out how to make sense of her own bigotry because it is just outright bigotry. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle, or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. You know, usually I just jump into the headline without any warning, but I, I think I, I'm forced to give warning on on, on this one right here. Uh, this is about Deshaun Watson, quarterback for the Houston Texans, even though he doesn't want to be quarterback for the Houston Texans anymore. 
uh, and there have been these allegations of impropriety. And I knew that we'd be following that story, and then we caught that there is now, there are, I think, six women who are making claim. The third one has gone public and really dug into uh, what happened. And here's the headline. Third masseuse claims Deshaun Watson forced her to have oral sex and poop on herself. This, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 the headline is so outrageously shocking and then surreal. You giggle. This is not giggle time. This is crazed. This is. Uh, a, a woman making an accusation that uh, Watson reached out via Instagram for a massage, which is how uh, some of these other claims have gone, and that he wanted a, a little something extra, what they call in the parlance the happy ending, perhaps. Um, she didn't want to, and then she's making the claim, this is different than two other women, uh, that Watson forced her to have oral sex. And she claimed she was so scared, this is how it's written, that she ended up relieving on herself afterwards. This story is insane. But there's a, a, for, there's a, there's a little bit of consistency in what some of these other women are saying. This is bad stuff for Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is bad stuff for these women. Innocent until proven guilty, I am always always there i am it's never going to change innocent until proven guilty i don't know what these other women are are going to claim but i i i gotta assume that sean watson is going to have himself a very very rough time defending himself from these things in a way that keeps him in the nfl which is strange because the nfl they're they're you can abuse your kids and you can still get a job. I'm not so sure about this. Again, allegations. No investigation's been done just yet. We'll keep following the story. This is Tony Katz today. So they're going to start opening up pieces of California. This is Gavin Newsom desperate to avoid the recall. It's happening. I mean, I think they're going to have the signatures to ensure that even if some signatures are thrown out, they will still have uh, enough signatures. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, TonyKatz.com. Definitely, definitely, definitely be doing that. But when they open, like Disneyland, Universal Studios, Magic Mountain, one of the things that they will have to tell people is, see this, uh, see this roller coaster right here? No screaming. No, no screaming. It's, it's a roller coaster. It goes up really high and then comes down really, really fast. There's going to be screaming. Face covering usage and or modifications to seat loading patterns will be required on amusement park rides to mitigate the effects of shouting. Additionally, on rides, guests generally face in one direction. That, 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 is, that is correct. That's from the California Attractions and Parks Association. 
they're saying, look, um, we've got to, we'll, we'll space people apart, but we're not going to tell them not to go, ah! But uh, that was Howard Dean, wasn't it? That was more Howard Dean than it was Roller Coaster. What's Roller Coaster, Producer Ari? Woo! There, that's, that's a little better. That's a little better. But we know this is silly, right? We know this is just pure, pure silliness. It's like how schools now, if they can have the students, you know, if they're only separated by three feet, that's fine. It used to be six feet, but now it's three feet and we're good. Well, that's convenient. Just perfectly convenient. When people get themselves wrapped up in these ways, all you can do is sit back and laugh. They've created this world for themselves. Why, why is it upon us, incumbent upon us, to get worked up by their level of crazy? Let them be crazy. This brings us to a story out of Mediaite. I'm not always on a Mediaite as, as a source. And there was a, one of the Mediaite guys just went after me for something so, so ignorantly stupid, I didn't respond. And then I saw that nobody responded because he was so remarkably full of crap. I mean, just, just, just lied about, uh, tried to lie about something I said and then shared the audio where it proves I didn't do what they said I did. It's interesting, the targeting that's going on. We're starting to notice much more of it. More trolls in social media, more, more responses to things happening here. It's like we've, we've crossed a Rubicon. It's pretty interesting what, what, what's happening. This is a story about Juan Williams. Juan Williams, who's there, you know, on Fox News, he's, he's on The Five. He was asked to participate in a show on PBS or PBS affiliated, focusing on social justice. But they have rescinded and withdrawn the invitation because they found out that Juan Williams was from Panama. What in the world? What, what in the world is that? It's a, it's a show called This is America and the World, and it's hosted by Dennis, uh, I think is it Woley or Holy? W-H-O-L-E-Y. So it's not a PBS program, and it might run on a small number of stations. It's not offered by our national feed and is not produced by PBS. The issue in the conversation was they wanted black people to talk about what's going on regarding George Floyd. But since Juan Williams was Panamanian, he wasn't black enough to be a part of the program for the white host. Huh. Ain't that something else? Look at the levels of hoops people are jumping through to prove their wokeness. We need a black person, but not somebody who's black. We need somebody who's black, black, because I'm white. And if I don't have somebody who's black, black, and just black, I will be told that I'm guilty of being too white. So get on that, won't you, bookers? I, I, producer Ari, um, ne- never get that crazy. Okay. Yeah, just, just it's a little bit of advice. From, from, from us here at, at Tony Katz today, to all of you, never be that back crap nuts. Just happy to, 
Happy to put that out there. Now, this isn't the first time Juan Williams has dealt publicly with uh, the bigotry. Juan Williams was with NPR. And Juan Williams was fired from NPR. And the reason Juan Williams was fired was that Juan Williams said that when he sees a Muslim in full garb, he gets scared. I'm paraphrasing. That's what he said. It is no different that when, uh, than when Jesse Jackson said, when I see uh, a couple of black people come down the street, I'll, I'll cross the street. Paraphrasing there as well. He told you what was on his mind. And NBR was, oh, it's beyond the pale, and we don't know what he's thinking. They actually started to question his mind. Like, there, there's a lot of evil in calling somebody crazy. I mean, real, real unadulterated evil in that. Oh, I can't believe they said that. Hmm, maybe they're not right in the head. Cheapers. But here, Juan Williams was told, yeah, yeah, you're of color, but it's not the right kind of color for a show like ours. As, as radical a thing as I've ever heard, I'll let PBS figure uh, that, that one out. Maybe, maybe that's not a show you need in your lineup. Or maybe people shouldn't be that woke because that woke is called bigoted. The NCAA March Madness begins tonight. What is it that you will expect? How is my bracket? I mean, I did it yesterday. I think it's pretty good. Producer Ari says I took it too safe. Uh, Dave Briggs, he joins us to break it all down. That's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. And so tonight, the world descends upon my beautiful city, Indianapolis, Indiana. To let the March Madness begin, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you. Look, this has been a season like none other, but they actually decided to play it. They were able to get through it, and I think that for the first time, whether we're talking about football or we're talking about baseball or basketball, there's actual interest in sports again, an interest in what this March Madness uh, can bring. Dave Briggs joins us right now. You've seen him on NBC Sports Network. You've seen him on CNN. He is covering uh, the events here, actually down from Atlanta. But he joins us right now to break down what it is we can be expecting. And before we get to uh, where we think the favorites are, what we think is going to happen, uh, my my beloved Indianapolis hosting this thing, the NCAA has got to feel pretty good that so far this is coming off very, very well. Great to talk to you, Tony. It's stunning to to really be on the precipice of an NCAA tournament, considering everything it took to get to this point, considering the massive amount of games that were canceled, that were moved around, the COVID positives. It has been a nightmare just to get through this season. So you got to give the NCAA a ton of credit. That is not something I honestly ever do. But in this case, you have to do it. Although COVID looks like it's going to be the big story, at least early on. Georgia Tech, their ACC Player of the Year, best player, COVID positive. He'll miss at least the first, maybe the second game of the NCAA tournament. Virginia's had some issues. Kansas will have some issues. Um, and, and, and you'll see the second leading score for Oklahoma, COVID positive as well. So it could still wreck this thing. But I think all these coaches have locked down their teams about the importance of not doing something stupid. You made it this far. Stay in your room. 
hunker down. Let's get through this thing. It's going to be a fascinating dynamic, though, all there in Indy in some really unique venues, Tony. Yes, the NCAA is saying they've completed more than 9,100 COVID-19 tests, only eight total positives among Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 personnel. And as this thing is spread out uh, amongst the city, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, the, uh, the, the Farmers Coliseum, where uh, the Pacers, when they were ABA, used to play, and then they're heading out to Purdue, and they're heading out uh, to IU uh, to, to play. It's a very different kind of feel. You take a look at the teams uh, that are in. You take a look at those number one seeds, Gonzaga and Michigan, uh, Illinois uh, amongst them, and, and, of course, who am I missing? Baylor. Um, you feel that the uh, this was properly done? These were really the, the, the top four teams in the, in the mix? I do. I like the four number one seeds. I don't like how it played out in terms of the importance of the big conference tournaments. I don't think there was enough to gain for those teams. I think Michigan had Ohio State won the Big Ten tournament championship. I think they should have been a one, but they would not have been from all I understand. But yes, these are the right number one seeds, although you have to eye Michigan as the one that you think could go down if they can't get their star, Isaiah Livers, back on the court. He's been injured. Without him, they did not look the same, and they're going to need him in order to advance. I I think Gonzaga, and it's obvious they're undefeated, looking to be the first since 1976 when the Hoosiers went undefeated to do that. And every time I look at this bracket, I want to pick them not to win the national championship because it seems too obvious. I don't like chalk, but Gonzaga has three of the top 10 players in the country, a great coach. They've been tested. They've beat great teams by double figures. I've done it three times. And every time I still end up picking Gonzaga all the way because of how experienced, balanced and talented they are. Talking to Dave Briggs, a sports expert extraordinaire, uh, formerly of NBC Sports Network, uh, CNN. Fox News is where I first met uh, the man. Uh, I my expertise in in college basketball, I, I just I, I don't want to brag, uh, is zero. I don't know a holy damn thing. So when I fill out my bracket, as I have done, I actually have Illinois winning the whole thing. And you got to admit, they looked very, very good in these last couple of games. Um, what is the take? Illinois is the best team in the country, not named Gonzaga. No question about it. Would not surprise me one bit. They are the second most popular championship pick. Just about every expert I've seen has those two meeting in the national championship. Iowa DeSumo is a first-team All-American player. He's wearing this mask. It makes him look like a superhero. They've got this massive mountain of a man. Kofi Coburn from Jamaica, 7 feet, 285 pounds. He's an absolute wrecking ball. Would not surprise me at all if they're to run the table and get through Gonzaga. They have three great players. They have a good coach in Brad Underwood. And being tested every night in the Big Ten by teams like Michigan and Michigan State and Iowa and Purdue, that's what gets them ready for this tournament. I'll throw out a few other names that I think could really surprise people. I mean, North Carolina is an eight seed. If they're on 
That team could be in the Final Four, if not better. They beat Notre Dame by 40. They beat Louisville by 40 this season. Oklahoma State could knock off Illinois in the third round. That's a Final Four-type game. And Oklahoma State could easily be a Final Four team that surprises a lot of people. And I know there are two seeds, so it's not a huge upset. But Alabama, keep your eyes on Alabama. Maybe they're a basketball school now. They play a real unique form of basketball. You can't shoot a mid-range jumper there. It's either a dunk, a layup, or a three. And so they might change the way the game is played. So keep your eye on Alabama. That could be the team to get to the Final Four. want to mention, I am, there's no Kentucky in this tournament, Tony, but I'm hosting a show with two Kentucky greats, Rex Chapman and Tony Delk. We're going to be basically red zone of the NCAA tournament. So check us out on March Madness Live all day and night, the first and second rounds of the tournament. So where do we find that? I don't, I don't even know where to find that. So you have to download the March Madness Live app, and you can watch us there. Or if you're on MarchMadness.com, that's the way – this is the website and the app, the official March Madness app. That's where you can watch all the games online. And what we do is we will bounce from game to game. We'll get you all the best action. We'll get analysis. We'll have post-game reaction, social media reaction. And we'll really have some fun and have some laughs as well. With You know, if you don't follow Rex Chapman on Twitter, you should do so. He is a social media phenomenon. And we're going to have a lot of fun doing that. Is there is there any conversation about this whole kind of bubble style, right, that they're doing? You, you, you saw the NBA do it. Now they're doing it here yeah. in Indianapolis and throughout these, these areas of Indiana. Could this be a future thing of how the NCAA works instead of spreading across the country and finding someplace to do the Final Four, do it all in one area? It's funny. The Indianapolis Star, your hometown paper, wrote an article of just that concept about a week ago. And a lot of people were really warming up to the idea because they like that everything is centrally located. They like that everything is under the watchful eye of the NCAA, and you're not flying all around the country. But to answer that question, I don't think there's any way, any chance that we should go to that format. I think one of the great things about this tournament is being all over the country. I don't think any one city or any one part of the country should have a monopoly on the NCAA tournament. I, I do think they'll adapt one thing from this tournament. And you talked about some of the venues. I think they should put more early round games on college campuses. Get a look at some of these really cool historic arenas. I mean, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, Tony, will host NCAA games. There's going to be 1,700 fans there. It's going to feel like a high school game. The Beatles played there in 1964. Both JFK and Trump had rallies there uh, on their way to the White House. So, really but this is Indiana. If we want to play in high school gyms, we're going to go bubble. If we want to play in high school gyms, Dave, we have got the high school gyms that can do it. Where we, where the movie Hoosiers was shot, there's just an unlimited number of things. Dave Briggs, go to MarchMadness.com, and you can actually uh, check him out for those first uh, two rounds. And I, I will respectfully disagree. Uh, March Madness should always happen in Indianapolis, if only because I live here. Every single year, year in and year out, for the rest of time. Thank you. I have spoken. Wait, is that how it works? Is that, I can't just make that decision on my own. That's the way it goes sometimes. Dave Briggs, Dave Briggs TV on uh, the Twitter box if you want to follow him. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, be sure to like that page. 
and subscribe to the podcast. Just go to TonyCats.com, click on podcast. You can subscribe right from there. This is Tony Katz today.